This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And uh, no, your eyes do not deceive you, or ears, as the case may be. This is a special bonus episode. It is. It's a Food Stuff first. And I have two things I want to confess, if we can get a little personal here for oh, a second. Sh- sure, sure. Can I trust you? I, I think so. Okay. One, I'm very self-conscious about my name. You are? Yeah. So every time when we do the intro, it's, it's a battle for me. To say your name, yes. but it's a good name. It, it has it has a good rhythm to it. Like it's, thank you. It sort of roll. I mean, you know, it's, it's nice. It's because it's spelled differently. Oh, so my whole life, people have at, like asked, "Are you sure?" Like, <laughs> yeah. So I I sort of say it with a question. Okay, I'm working on it. The second thing is oh, okay. I have a background in uh, like editing and video production, and you have more of a background in. Like writing, that kind of editing. Therefore, when you listen to this special, special bonus content, you're going to hear a lot more of Lauren asking questions. Oh. And a lot more of me laughing awkwardly in the background. Oh, no, I don't think, I mean, I guess that is sort of how it it played out, isn't it? It Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when we look behind the scenes, uh, okay, so, so this is this is going to be uh, the continuation of our uh, SALT interview yes. with a uh, beautiful briny sea owner and, and SALT expert. Lovely human being. Lovely human being, Susie Sheffield. Oh, and we wanted to mention that this episode was not sponsored by beautiful briny sea. We just dig their work, and so we wanted to talk with them. 
Yeah, and, and when we're when we're out in the field, fr- frequently I'm the one who's kind of drafted the questions and I'm the one who kind of asks most of the questions right up until I get to a point where I get this blank look at my face and I turn <laughs> yeah. to Annie with I just I just go like like ah. pretty much. There's a lot of hand gestures that are happening you can't see. But, yeah, yeah, it's really good for radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for sticking with us, guys. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so at that point, Annie kicks in and asks really brilliant things that, <laughs> well, thank that you. I haven't thought. No, it's a great it's a great relationship. Thank you. Um, and we had our salt. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, we had our salt episode, and there was just so much good content in the interview, and we were indecisive, and we couldn't decide what to cut it out, and we decided to just put it all in a bonus episode. Yeah. And um, hopefully you guys will enjoy it as much as we did. We had a great time visiting, and we're going to be back. We're going to make our own. Our own salt blend. So excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, Do you have yeah. ideas of what it should be? Right. We were going to try to combine all of our episodes, <laughs> but then we decided that'd be gross. <laughs> that'd be pretty chaotic and bad, so. That could be our blend, though. I it, don't know. Oh, well, they're chaotic and bad. <laughs> <laughs> chaotic and interesting. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> Yes. Chaotic, interesting. That's our <laughs> yeah. alignment. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. We're we're gonna uh, get to the interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So uh, so so hi. Who who are you? Susie Sheffield. I have a company called Beautiful Brownie C in Atlanta's historic Grant Park. Yeah. And you guys produce a whole bunch of salt blends and sugar blends and yes. sprinkles. And yes. <laughs> dry goods is the way I like to think of it. So I've always been involved in food. I had, actually had a restaurant for 17 years. And when I moved back to Atlanta, my um, my hometown, I, I knew I didn't want to have a restaurant. And I tried to think of the most shelf-stable venture um, where it could still work with fresh ingredients and farmers and local markets. And so salt seemed to be a perfect um, a perfect starting point. And it's actually become a palate to me. So a way to kind of express things and evoke flavors that I want or create items that kind of tell a story. So I'm like slightly salt overwhelmed right now. Um, <laughs> we're, we're sitting here in front of a spread of, um, it looks like you've got four salt blends and well, I can't count six types. Six. We bring in, it's sort of like a, a laboratory back there. Any, any type of salt Anything that I read about, anything that I find, you know, we just kind of bring it in, figure out it's, uh, like, where it hits on a salt scale and then what its finish is. So, um, but we use, the salt that I use in all of our blends, it's an Atlantic Ocean salt. Uh, The water's harvested off the coast of Brazil. It's solar evaporated. And um, I like it because it's slightly salt forward, but it has an immaculately clean finish. So it just picks up anything you blend with it. So, Um, (laughs) Yeah, for, for like a good like neutral salt, but there are all kinds of other different. Uh, I mean, you, you're talking about salt in a way that I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak with with a, with flavor profiles. And oh, salt is just. I mean, like wine, it imparts the flavor of the lay of the land that it's surrounded in. Salt, all salt, does come from seawater. It all comes from the ocean, but you have to understand, like some oceans are ancient and are just like big rock beds now. So the pink Himalayan, for example, um, and the Bolivian salt. Those are just harvested from ancient, ancient oceans. Um, we have surface oceans, the water that we see now. That's where you get that a l- large variety, like your Malden salt, all the flake salts you see. There is one interesting company, Dickinson in West Virginia. They have an ancient ocean underground, and they actually like pipe it in and then uh, solar evaporate it. Um, but it's it's 
it's it's fascinating. So that's that's one uh, company that's really interesting to read. Just like and the Jacobs and Saul company, um, he's gathering uh, water from the Pacific Northwest in in Oregon, and then he kettle boils it, which it's fascinating. It makes these beautiful flakes. I, I'm I'm a, a curious about how just how how the harvesting works. How do you? I mean, you're are you growing your own crystals mm-hmm. and then plucking yes, them? Yes. They're, they're different processes. Like um, these, they're, they're mined salts, which, you know, you were getting the, the, the mineral deposit um, from an ancient ocean and at the bottom of a mountain or, or inside a mountain. It's truly mined. Then you have uh, some of these flake salts um, you, gathering the seawater and putting it on trays and then solar evaporating it. Um, there are also there are techniques where you gather the seawater, you let it settle and then boil it. So if you've, if, if in old texts, you can see big cauldrons of boiling water and at the end, the residue or byproduct is your salt. So. And uh, the, the, the size of the grains is fascinating to me and has so much to do with how, um, how it dissolves in your food or in your mouth. How does that go into your process of figuring out what to do with stuff? Well, I, I prefer a kosher size grain. It's just the way I've learned to cook, and I think a lot of people do. Um, fine salt, uh, you know, is, is great for finishing. And some of the, sm- like like a fleur de sel or like the celery here, they're naturally like a finer grain. They're softer, and they hold a lot of moisture. With our truffle salt, we use uh, a fleur de sel for that reason. It's just the moisture kind of traps that really distinct, really strong flavor of the mushroom. Um, but then your flake salts, that's what's really wonderful about cooking with them. You just grab it and you can break it into the size grain that you like. And some naturally, like some of these, especially the two Hawaiians, some will naturally just break into like a kosher size, if you will, grain. And some, like I was saying, are more sugary, more sandy. Um, but the flake salt's really fun to work with. It's hard to, um, they're and actually great with cocktails too, because they'll kind of float and then and, and dissolve a little. So you have sort of this layer of um, and sometimes, you know, you do want, you do want that crunch of salt when you're cooking, you know, you want it, it as a finishing, but somewhere throughout the meal, you're like, oh, hello, you know, so that's pleasant. Yeah. So that's great to work with, um, the flake salts for that reason. So you were asking earlier, like how each salt is distinct and different. Uh-huh. Just think of like a wine region or why, you know, like if, if you are eating a goat cheese, um, where the goats have been eating alfalfa and alfalfa and clover and lavender, those, those, those things come through. So these dried up, if you can imagine like how rich and, and dense, um, like these mine salts where the, the ocean and all the fossils. And I mean, so it's, it's really fascinating just how each one distinctly tastes different. Why sea salt rather than uh, manufactured salt? I mean, not that it's not manufactured, I suppose, it's, it's but... Just, it's just so pure and so clean and has such a distinct personality. And salt is uh, used for many things um, and has been since the beginning of time. Um, for one, uh, you know, it's a preservative. It's, a, it's, it's, you know, not to be confused. It's not like a seasoning. It's actually a flavor enhancer. I like to think of it in two forms, like a flavor enhancer, but also a, a flavor moderator. Like if, if just like if you... Think of the human body. Our sodium potassium pump keeps every function and every organ and every system in check. So just like if you have um, like a dish and you're trying to, you know, figure it out or if it's a little too acidic or a little too sweet or if it's bitter or if all the ingredients are in there proportionately but it's just not working, salt just transforms that, makes things happen. It pulls pulls things together. And as far as being a flavor enhancer, um, 
think of like the best summer tomato. And when you take a bite, it's like equal parts sweet and acidic. And it's just fabulous. And if you put a little bit of salt on it, it's that much more fabulous. But it doesn't change the way it tastes. It just makes it a little bit better. So... Um, and how do you, how do you how do you work with that when you're creating these blends? Well, the reason, like I was saying, the reason that I chose this Atlantic, the Brazilian ocean salt, for one, it, it naturally breaks into this sort of kosher sized grain. Um, its flavor, it's, there's there's a little punch of salt up front, but then after that, it's super clean. So it's I know I always know where it's going to hit. So it's it's just like a blank canvas. Every time I kind of want to tell a story, or every time I want to create a blend, I just I, I know exactly what my baseline is. So, could you talk about the uh, the blends that we have here today? Sure. When I when I first started the company, it was rosemary, lavender, mushroom, and pink peppercorn. Those are my four flavors. It's just um, super basic. Um, but then one day um, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try and make a blend. So without even thinking, I just kind of came up with this first flavor that you see here. And I was like, you know what? This is my first blend. It's going to have to have a fabulous name. And I woke up one morning, it's like, okay, magic unicorn. <laughs> so for no reason, <laughs> for no reason, but it's um, smoked paprika, garlic, rosemary, Meyer lemon, and a little celery. And it's just sort of an all-purpose flavoring with the sea salt. Um, and the great thing, you know, the salt preserves the herbs and spices, herbs and spices infuse the salt. <laughs> and then once this, you know, once I started playing around and getting more ingredients in the studio and... Um, I, I decided to start kind of going on food memories or food stories or my favorite things that I like to eat and kind of recreating it through the salt. So French picnic is, is kind of everything I like. Like once I, I was asked to describe my cooking style and just out came French picnic because I love the sort of discipline of a French kitchen. But then you just the idea of a picnic and just the whimsy and the um, creativity behind just preparing this meal. So think charcuterie, um, grain mustard, which I'm, I just love any kind of mustard, um, fresh herbs, of course, always. So this is uh, Dijon mustard, garlic, herb de Provence, some pink peppercorn. And uh, it just has that sort of tang from the mustard. The garlic is there and then the herbs are subtle. You can tell each one, but at the same time you can't. So that's, it's one of my favorites to work with. And then this one, this is uh, called campfire. And I grew up every summer we would spend in Western North Carolina. I went to camp there all my life, um, and we'd go camping, and we, my, my parents had a house, and so, I mean, since literally, like, I was probably three years old, that part of Western North Carolina, the ancient Appalachian Mountains, and there are certain, like, the smells, um, especially because of the hemlock forest there, it's just, it has a distinct smell, and so I wanted to create this flavor. Um, it's, it's got cumin, so that's kind of earthy, like the forest floor, it's got sumac, which is that sour note in there from uh, just reminiscent of like blackberry picking. It's got uh, <laughs> chilies, just sort of like the campfire. So, um, and it, it surprisingly like with the sumac and the cumin, which sometimes a little cumin for me goes a long way, but I'm okay with it in there because all of those flavors kind of work together. So, and then the Sultan Papadopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lemon curry base. But I wanted to pack it full of, uh, like, the Urfram, Arash chili, lots of dill, lots of lemon. And so, you know, the Aegean Sea, Greece, and Turkey. And I was like, well, how do I celebrate both <laughs> countries? So, therefore, Sultan Papadopoulos. 
So, and that's been fun to play with. I think curry kind of gets a bad rap. It's sort of when you think curry, you're like, oh, you know, curry is curry. But, but, but it's actually so versatile, and you can sneak it into recipes, and it, it's without it being so curry forward. So I'd like that one for this reason. So. This is slightly off the topic of salt, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but uh, so, so you're, you're talking about working with scent memories and stuff like that. Um, can, I, can I ask if you have any foods that you're just completely nostalgic for? That, I can answer that in two parts. One, there's some foods that I absolutely don't want to know how to cook. I just don't want to. <laughs> I love, I just, I love um, the first food memory I ever have was uh, my dad took me, I think, when I was four or five years old. Um, the neighbors three doors down had a Chinese restaurant in Atlanta. It was called uh, Ings Garden. And the Ings, I mean, the, the whole family worked there. And I had never had a water chestnut, and I first bit into water. So that, so, so Chinese, but I would encompass all of Asian cooking has always been sort of off limits to me because I, I don't, I don't want to know the secrets. It's like magical, and you know, of course, throughout my career, like I've you know played around with it a little bit, but to me, that's just sort of someplace I don't want to go. And all the flavors, like it took me for I finally started, you know, playing around with five spice and had to start making my own. But for a while, I was like, I don't want to know all of these <laughs> magical secrets. But as far as food memories, I um, I grew up with a great mom cook. My mom just made just like great, simple, basic things. Um, and, you know, I, in the summer, I think anything over rice, like stewed tomatoes, okra, corn, peas, all these kind of simple late summer southern dishes – that's one sort of comfort food to me always. Um, I love anything with a anything that that can have a vinaigrette or a little bit of acid to it. Any sort of dish. Um, I love the all this fermentation happening now and all, and like the sourness of foods and like with the, you know sour beers even. Which um, actually the Wrecking Bar here in town they come over. They found this. Speaking of like different salts and different flavors, they came in and it took them literally like. 10 minutes to figure out what they wanted. They tasted all of these salts. So they took three and blended it together. And that's what they used to make their goza and the salinity. And you can tell exactly what they were going for. And they were, I mean, beer nerding it up big time, but they were great salt nerds. Like they did a great job. They just went boom, 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 blended it, got the portions just right. And and so they come over with, you know, we have an open door policy here with all the chefs and bar programs, but they, um, they walked right in and knew exactly what they wanted and did it after just tasting one second. So sorry to get off topic, but that's how I go. No, no, <laughs> so, not at all. No, that's great. That's yeah. so. <laughs> Is there a lot of experimenting that goes on? How do you work out like the ratios and blends and stuff like that? Um, well, I'm a terrible, this is why you will never want me to bake anything for you. I'm a terrible, terrible measure. I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I just come in and kind of make it up as I go along. Well, then, of course, having the company kind of have to <laughs> have a little structure. <laughs> but um, so for for all of these flavors, like, everyone has its different story about how it was created. Like, I was either craving a flavor and wanting to create a food memory, or there's a happy accident. or But mostly, like, uh, Magic Unicorn, first try, got it, wrote everything down. French Picnic, it took months. I would throw it out try something, oh, too much lavender. Oh, wait, pink peppercorn, but I don't want the texture. So, you know, and I want the sweetness of the pink peppercorn. I don't want the, I don't want the, the pepper to even translate, you know, but I do like that color and I do like the, that after sweetness, especially the pink peppercorn. And I was trying to find a way for a while, like how to take all the skin off the peppercorn and I actually found a way. So we do, we like sit and like scrape all the skin off. So you have that residual sweetness, but you don't have like the pepper 
competing with assault. So, um, and I totally already forgot what you asked. So sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the recipes. So yeah, it's it's sort of um, it's sort of like you know shoes. Like you buy shoes and then you get an outfit to go with it later. You have an outfit and you need to find shoes. So it's just sort of like you know, what, what's, what's next. And when, when I, if I let a flavor go, then I'll have to think of the next flavor that I want. But the, what's been really interesting and one of the most exciting and unexpected parts about this are our collaborations. And the first, one of the very first, uh, was, uh, there's a wonderful store in New York city called Fish's Eddie. And it's on the Broadway and 16th, I think. Um, but Julie, the owner, was um, I was at a trade show, my first trade show, so I was all buttoned up and trying to be extra on the ball. And she's like seasoned retail um, wizard, so she she kind of was circling the booth, and then she walked up to me and she said, "So do you do? Um, can you make special blends? Do you do custom orders?" And I was like, "Sure," you know, never having done one before. And she said, "Okay, well, I need a salt that's New York, and I need a salt that's Jewish. Can you make me?" Um, and I said, uh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and so that's where we came up with um, the everything bagel salt. Um, and and so uh, then I'm trying to think. Like, people call all the time, like, um, and just wanting, like, can you do this? Can you do that? And if, if the answer is either yes, of course, or I don't know, come on in and let's figure out. Um, we've started uh, partnering with Delta, and um, they're – executive chef came in yesterday and he just had this long list of words like Spanish, um, things like uh, umami or so we would just sit and like make these flavors. So we, he left with about 14 different blends. Um, uh, Paul Calvert at Ticonderoga Club, uh, a couple of months ago, um, he was working on a cocktail and he said, can you make me a kefir lime salt? And I was like, sure. But then my next steps are like, you know, do you want do you want a flake salt? Do you want it to sink? Do you want it to garnish? Do you want it to garnish the outside of the glass? So there are these fun, like, little formulas, like, but you really literally make it up as you go along. So I send them three samples. I was like, do you want it to be, you know, a sweet finish? Do you want to, you know, punch in the face finish? You know, and so he, we kind of had the conversation back and forth, and I made him three samples, and he picked the one he liked. So it's always fun. That's what I'm saying. The salt is just this perfect canvas to play with. And, um, but it, as far as, like, nailing like a formula or something. I just say it's sort of, sort of, sort of like you would, I guess, you know, uh, with artists, like there's always unfinished work or, you know, you like I, when people come in, we have people come in and make their own blends all the time. And my first rule is like, do not try to rescue what you're making. Like if, if, if you don't like it, like, please dump it out. Like there's no, there's no sense. <laughs> and so that's always fun, but people make some great stuff, like really great stuff and just out of nowhere. So um, yeah, you've got a lot of uh, crazy ingredients back there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, this is this might be a big ask off the top of your head. Do, do, could, could you just like like list off like what you've got back there? Like like what 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 are you playing with in your palettes? Um, I mean, it's it's constantly like evolving. Hundred. I mean, well, if, it's it's sort of like going through someone's drawer. Um, if you reach like behind, like of course we have all the alliums up front, but then if you reach behind, we have um, cedar tips, and then a little, so it's sort of like going through somebody's kitchen cabinet, which I invite everyone to please come over at any time. We have an open door policy; it's more fun that way. Like, um, just you you get inspiration from anything, like uh, just and I'll call or get online or look through catalogs and source. Like, 
I need some of that. Or like the long pepper, um, which is like multiple personality disorder. Like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to work with that one. It's like sour and then it's hot and then it goes away and then it comes back to get you. And so, you know, so we have tons of little jars of things like that. Um, Terry Koval at the Wrecking Mart brought us, uh, he smoked some beets and then dehydrated them. So we have dehydrated smoked beets. So you can imagine the the smokiness, and then you're like, awesome. Oh, whoa, hello, sweet. And then, you know, so, and then the green, the tips were still on them. So there's that green herbaceous. So it's like all sorts of things. So anything and everything is back there. Um, and people bring us stuff all the time. We have uh, service berries growing out front. So once those are ready, I'm going to dry some. We'll see what that's like. So um, every day is something different, which is great. That's why I love this palette that salt provides. So... That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> how many do you? How many blends have you made? Do you know? We have uh, fourteen blends that we make. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about seven or eight collaborations um, with uh, our one of our biggest partners, and I say partnered in the truest sense because we just have we have such a great working relationship is William Sonoma, which all of these partnerships happened totally organically. Like we were a tiny company. William Sonoma, I was here at eight o'clock one night and I got an email from this girl who saw something about a farmer's market post and she said, Oh, would you mind sending samples? So I was like, Yes, big, big fancy company. <laughs> and so I ran I ran to FedEx because it was an eight eight thirty cutoff and I dropped in the mail and then um Pont City Market opened and our salt ended up there. And uh, now we have um, close to 20 SKUs with them. But when I say they're wonderful to work with is because, uh, like, they're just like, can you do this? Like, like let's, let's have a conversation about this. And what they like to do with all of their products, everything kind of tells a story. So, like, one time I even got an email saying, can you do some Portland, Portland stuff? And I was like, okay. So you just kind of, it's just this fun conversation you have with yourself, you have with each other, you have with yourself, with your food memories or your travel memories. So, um, and then... Delta, um, you know, since they're located here, uh, we had this woman call us uh, because she saw the, uh, she called the 1-800 number and then she looked at the can and was like, oh, you're in Atlanta. She had gotten a can of our Friends Forever, which is, I forgot to bring that out. We should have brought Friends Forever out. That's a fun story. Um, she she came and she's like, oh, I see you're in Atlanta. Do you mind if I swing by? So she came in like her workout clothes and walked in. And then when she was in the back, she's like, so um, I work for Delta. Uh, we do all their Sky Club experiences. Like, do you guys mind coming and bringing lunch Friday and telling us your story? And so, <laughs> yes, and we did. And so now we, um, we're partnering with them to make all these really cool flavors um, for, for their Sky Club. So, like um, I said, the guy came in the other day. And we had a great time just making up. I mean, he left with sacks of ideas. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, Friends Forever is the one that's uh, honey, honey and salt. Honey, right? and and how do you how do you do the honey granules? Well, so it's it's spun honey that's been dehydrated and then it's ground on. And I I did not make it for myself. I made it for my sweetheart, who loves sweet and savory. And I want those two as far apart as possible. So it's called Friends Forever, and it's honey and salt. It's like hugs and tears, and you know. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's my least favorite. I'm I'm not afraid to say, but it's it's a lot of people's favorite. So. <laughs> Very simple. It's simple. <laughs> you know, I mean, just the history of salt itself is fascinating. I mean, salt wars, um, a million bazillion uh, literary references in salt, um, just the whole salt trade in general, currency, 
uh, salt as a form of currency. It's just fascinating. I encourage anyone to study it. I mean, in basic the basic form of human life, salt. So, you know, um, and I, you know, people can uh, spout you know literary references and ancient. But my favorite, especially for what I do for a living, is R.W. Apple Jr. He was the um, travel and food critic for the Times forever. Uh, to, to for a contemporary quote, um, without without salt, life would be impossible. Without pepper, life would be impossibly dull. And I've always loved that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Oh, I agree. Thank you again, Susie of Beautiful Briny Sea, for uh, for for sitting down with us and inviting us into your amazing kitchens. Yes, and for giving us samples. I've been putting um, the sprinkles, which are supposed to be shared, but they're sitting at my desk in my yogurt all week, and it's been <laughs> lovely. And I've been using the salt. Um, we'll definitely be back. And <laughs> I, I just really appreciated hearing salt spoken about in that way. In that, it was yeah. really really cool. It was. It was a whole new salty world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we hope that you enjoyed that special super food stuff bonus. Yeah. Hopefully more will come your way. Indeed. Yeah. Let, let us know what you think. You can get in touch with us. Yes. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or also on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at foodstuffhsw and on Instagram at foodstuff. We hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to our amazing producer, Dylan Fagan. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.